0: Welcome to Connected Episode 207. It is made possible this week by our sponsors Casper, Pingdom, and Green Chef. I'm your host Stephen Hack, and I'm joined again by the two co-hosts of Connected. We're all back together two weeks in a row. Up first, we have Federico Vitiçi. Hey, how are you doing? I'm great. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And we have Mike Hurley. It's a new day. Here we are.
1: It's a new day. It's a new. Is that a, that's a song, right? That that's. Totally yeah, I'm a feeling song. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, I want to... We need to clarify something before we do the show. People were worried about me. Someone even thought that i was drunk on the show um
2: well i don't think they thought you were drunk they thought you were hungover okay yeah hungover okay different you know yeah
1: but the i i just had a cold i don't know if you can still feel the, the 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 last bits of the cold which is basically gone at this point i'm doing much much better but it was just a cold i i don't i don't drink before podcasts that's not professional um you know and especially- I think you did one time. Did I? If I nah. cast
2: my memory back, I am very confident there was an episode of at least the prompt where
1: you were drinking wine. I was drinking wine, but I was not drunk. That's different. Mm. Also- but yeah,
2: but this is one of those things where it's like you were also a little bit looser than usual. No, I remember I, I, this. There, I don't know what episode <laughs> it was, and I probably will never find it. But there was an episode where you were drinking wine, and you were having a little bit of a holiday party, I think.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, even if I was a hungover, you wouldn't know because you wouldn't notice. I'm very professional like that with my with my drinking. You are. So, yep. um, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, I've done many episodes of Connected, and I was hungover, and you didn't know. But
2: you would never know. <laughs> never <laughs> last,
1: know. Uh, last week, I was—I just had a cold. So thank you for warning about me. But I'm fine, I think. Yeah. Moving on, can we do follow up? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm Aqua. glad
0: you're okay. No, thank you. Last week we were speaking about the that uh, Aqua Screenshot Library put together, and we talked about how I wanted the to world famous, internet famous Aqua Screenshot Library. Yeah, it's done a many hundreds of thousands of page views
1: i i knew you before you before your aqua screenshot library so don't don't forget (laughs) about us
2: i knew aqua before it became famous do you (laughs) you feel i will ask you because i'll just say this has been linked all over the web this week it's like when you look back at it it's like this is one of those perfect little things that when a big website needs a link for the day it's like perfect food for that right because like, mm-hmm. it was on, like, Hacker and stuff, where it's like, yeah. they need something interesting to link to today, and someone had found this, and they're like, this is perfect. You know, like, it's one of those, it's like, it's like candy for these bigger websites, which I think is probably why it's getting linked to everywhere and doing hundreds of thousands of page views, right? It's In hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, this is perfect for that. Which is the same as the desktop wallpapers, same idea, right? Like, exactly. these things are, are very interesting to nerds, so big websites find them they find them interesting and then they put it in their like selection to link to later on which is great does the fact that it has done hundreds and thousands of page views now in like a week make it feel like it was worth a time investment to you
0: yeah yeah since it was so well received and i have gotten i haven't gotten to all of them but i have a bunch of emails and tweets from people like sharing like oh i forgot about this oh i ran this on my first computer like people are like genuinely like connecting with it which is what i wanted but you you I mean, we've all done this right you just never know <laughs> if it's actually going to work mm-hmm. so a good pump i liked your pump oh yeah the connected thing that's good you
2: know what i haven't actually done yet is look through tiger which was my first my first version I'm like i'm flicking through it now i haven't even thought about that look at these icons oh itunes was green
0: yeah, the iTunes icon has changed a bunch over the years.
1: Oh wow. gosh, but, brush um,
2: metal, brush metal. I, I, always, you know, I always forget about it until I see it, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh god, there it is. I always Male get is confused. Real ugly tiger too.
1: I always get confused between uh, Cheetah and the the other with the with the name that's like a shoe brand. Um, Puma. P- Puma. Puma. Yeah, I always get confused. Which came first, Cheetah? Cheetah was the first one, right?
0: Yes, I'm loading it now. I've looked at it too much I don't actually know. Yes, oh, Cheetah was ten oh, Puma was ten
1: one. Ten one, okay.
2: Yeah. Why is mm-hmm. the calculator made out of metal? Why isn't it?
1: Why shouldn't mm-hmm. it be? I feel like that,
2: that, that it would like you press the buttons and they would like maybe scratch a little bit,
1: you know?
0: You wouldn't It you makes it really heavy. Like it feels it's good a in the heavy hand. Calculator. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so oh. it's it's done it's done well, which is like, really exciting. You
2: chose Songs of Innocence is the album.
0: I did. That's
2: very good. That's very good. I'm ruining all your Easter
0: eggs now. That's probably the biggest Easter egg. Yeah,
2: that's very good. No, 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 no. The best Easter egg is you. In the uh, in Foto the, the, the FaceTime, in, in face FaceTime, yeah. That's the best. There are some incredible pictures. There. I haven't I haven't looked at any release in as much depth as I'm looking at this one, where I'm looking at every image. So now I'm noticing all of the things I've kind of just like perused through, you know. But now mm-hmm. I'm looking at like keyboard and mouse preferences, which I wouldn't yeah. necessarily <laughs> look at. But here I am now going through all of this, and it's funny because I probably look to all of this right because. I was so interested in that probably like my you know my first Mac I was more interested in than any other computer right like I wanted to look at everything and see what everything did because I was new mm-hmm. to it right so I would go in and I probably would have spent a little bit of time in like date and time system preferences for whatever reason, just like, what is this? What's in here? So yeah, this is nice. I'm pleased that you did this project and I'm very, very happy that it's getting uh, a lot of attention, but you do have some things that you're
0: working on with it though, right? I do. So I we mentioned last week, I wanted to have the inclusion of a of a page where you could compare a single image across all of its releases. So like what did like the main screen assistant preferences look From the public beta all the way through High Sierra.
2: Which is a super important thing for the project, right? Like, it makes sense for, like, if people are looking at this for historical purposes, which they ultimately will end up doing, Mm -hmm. that you would want to be, like, what happened to Calendar all the way across? Like, that's important to see. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I had an example of that in the blog post, but I hand-built that gallery. And Mm -hmm. I needed a way to do this programmatically because... With fifteen hundred screenshots, it's not possible. It was already a lot of work to do what's up there yeah. now, and in starting to build those manuals, like very quickly, it was out of hand. Um, and so I just said on the show, uh, if anyone is WordPress dev and maybe knows how I could do this, get in touch. And a couple people emailed me, uh, but I owe a big thanks to Warren Harding, not the dead president. Turns out he's <laughs> oh, a really man. nice guy in Australia. I was really excited for a second there. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's not dead. He's just been learning PHP all these years. <laughs>
1: Maybe it should have been that. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: Please email Federico directly about that comment.
2: PHP is a fate
1: worse than death. <laughs> Just saying. I mean...
0: uh, so, oh, so Warren has built me a tool to do this. And uh, I hope to get this rolled out in conjunction with the Mojave screenshots coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's working in beta and it does what I want it to do. So,. Uh, I know Warren's a listener so thank you again. Uh thank you to everyone else who who emailed and ta- and I talked with uh Warren picked up the ball and ran with it. And it's really great and I'm excited to roll it out. So keep an eye out for that. I'll be sure to talk about it here. Um and it's it's really uh it's going to be cool. So I'm going to have it as a single page where you can go in and compare screenshots. Uh select the one you want and look through all the releases. But um I got some metadata stuff to to deal with to get it all to work. So I really like how you say that name by the way. What? Warren, Warren. Yeah, there's yeah. not. There's no. It's just one long letter. really. <laughs> it's just really. one
2: sound. It's just a sound. Warren. Wow. Like I, was,
0: I, I guess I would say Warren, right? Like, yeah, I can't do that.
2: For will Warren. Warren.
1: Warren. 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 Warren.
0: Warren, Warren. Warren. <laughs> Warren. <laughs> Warren. Warren. Harding thanks warren <laughs> thank you warren Warren,
2: i'm i'm expecting warren is, is very happy right now uh i we apologize i mean he's I mean, alive so he must be happy <laughs> yeah, and learning
1: php oh boy um all right well i'm looking forward to the to the library uh, updates I, i've played around with the exclusive beta and um I'm pleased that you're uh, taking steps to improve uh, because, I mean, we're, we're uh, of course, we're joking about, you know, um, PHP, but the fact that for historical purposes, people are going to use this um, resource, which is a horrible word, but it is what it is. And, you know, several years from now, uh, if you keep it up to date, people will use it and it will become like a destination when you, you know, when you're searching for, you um, What's the name of that website that used to exist, um, sort of had a thing similar to yours, but I don't think it's updated anymore. I don't think the website still exists. There was like, so, there was like GUI G- library for a while. Li- yeah, I'm thinking of guidebook, but with the logo was like GUI, something like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's what it is. So if
1: you, can, if you can sort of turn your screenshot library into this sort of modern version of that, I think that will be great. So I'm really happy that you're continuing to update it. And I was really happy to see it linked in a bunch of places. I have to apologize to you, Steven though, that I didn't look on Italian websites uh, because I, I really don't follow them. So you may have been linked on a bunch of Italian blogs, but I wouldn't know because I don't read them.
0: I think it was on Sunday. One of the big referrals was uh, a couple of websites in Russia, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. I tried reading them with Google Translate and it it struggled, but they mm. seem to, oh, they we, seemed to like it. We could have it.
2: had a Frederick Tendrils moment with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. They seemed happy with it in Russian, so it's good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're. I hear they're happy with the Americans lately, so...
2: swiftly moving on Uh, thank you to everybody who has become a Relay FM member we will be uh, releasing our member special on September the 4th and we are going to be talking about the wonderful movie The Pirates of Silicon Valley so you can tune in to hear what I think is going to be pretty varied reviews from all of us so that's going to be a lot of fun and I'm hoping uh, that you will also hear because we are actually recording that today so this is why I'm talking about it like it's I don't know what's happened yet because i don't um i'm hoping that steven will be able to provide some historical uh context and and uh, and an accuracy rating for the movie Mm. itself so you can sign up now there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up to give five dollars a month to connected which we'd greatly appreciate but if you want to find out more about relay fm membership or maybe donate to another show or all the great shows go to relay.fm slash membership to learn more
0: Last week, we mentioned the app Opener, and I think this was in context of opening a Twitter link in TweetBot. Is that what we were trying to do? It was to
2: open a Twitter link in the Twitter app, right? So okay. like Because in Twitterific and TweetBot now, you can no longer find out like who liked to tweet or whatever, right? That's so right. So this is a way that if you like open in the share extension the link to the tweet... You can then have it automatically default to open in Twitter
0: or any other app that you That's so choose. It. So, do we actually need Opener for this? We had some feedback that maybe you could do it other ways.
1: Well, um, yeah. There's a. We got an email or a tweet. Um, I think it was a tweet about the fact that there's a in the Twitter. Uh, in, actually, in the Tweetbot app or in the Twitter app, there's a uh, open in Safari. Um, sort of activity item uh, as a sort of as an action uh, action extension, but it's not really an action extension because it's not available in other apps. Still, uh, the idea that you can uh, open in Safari from Tweetbot, and by doing that, you will be redirected to the Twitter app because iOS uses universal links. So. Instead of opening the link in Safari, you will be taken into the Twitter app because the system sees the twitter.com link and it says, "Well, uh, you have the Twitter app installed, so instead of opening Safari in a web view, I will take you to that tweet inside of the native client." Um, That seems to be working for some people, but speaking from personal experience, this is an unreliable solution. Uh, Sometimes so random. It seems so random that sometimes I open a link, and this happens with Twitter, with Twitter this happens with YouTube, uh, it happens with Safari View Controller sometimes, other times it doesn't, um, but Universal Links, as much as I kind of like the concept of the link is tied to a page inside of a native app, the implementation in iOS so far has been unre- unreliable for me um, I don't know what the issue is. Um, I don't know if something perhaps changed uh, since Universal Links were introduced with iOS 9. The, that, that would be three years ago, four releases ago. Um, but I prefer to use Opener because it always works and I know what I'm doing. So it's an extra tap... Actually not, if you're using auto-open, which I described last week. But yes, you would need to have Opener installed. But in my experience, using Opener is much more reliable than sort of the lottery of Universal Links. And also... It allows you to open links in many other third-party alternatives, not just the the official clients. So Mm -hmm. uh, back in the day when when Protube was available, the the, uh, excellent uh, YouTube client that is not available anymore, I used Opener to open YouTube links in Protube, and that was amazing. Uh, But I still use Opener for a bunch of other types of links, including, uh, you know, the um, Tweetbot and Twitterific, for example, are options that Universal Links do do not support. So uh, this may work for you or may not. If it doesn't, I seriously recommend trying out Opener.
2: Yeah, I've been very happy with it. I like it a lot. It's a great little app. And it's good to set up with other things, right? So as you're saying, like YouTube and stuff like that, because if YouTube opens in Safari View Controller, it's never signed in anymore, right? So mm-hmm. then I have that whole problem, but then I try and sign in and then it opens the YouTube app and I'm not where I want to be. Because, <laughs> you know, like I see a, I see a video I want to add it to my watch later queue or whatever and it's just ne- it just doesn't work the way I want it to. So with Opener, I don't have to worry about that stuff because it can just pass the URLs over to the application and open it where I need. So I understand, yes, it would be wonderful if uh, Universal Linking did this accurately. And if if it does for you then awesome but I have found that, that is not the case so that's why I am enjoying uh, the use of opener very much uh, in our post API destruction world Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Casper. Say goodbye to summer by taking advantage of Casper's limited-time Labor Day offer. Casper's expert team of engineers and designers research, prototype, and test their mattresses to meet the needs of all kinds of sleepers whilst providing all of the right support in all of the right places. So, you may ask, what goes into making a Casper mattress so dang comfortable? Well, all Casper mattresses use premium foams to relieve pressure and help align your body so you can fall sleep easy and wake up feeling refreshed you can be sure of your purchase of casper's 100 night risk-free sleep on it trial they deliver directly to your door and if you don't love it for any reason they have a hassle-free return policy now mr stephen hackett i know that you have not taken advantage of that hassle-free return policy because i believe and you can correct me if i'm wrong that you love your casper mattress
0: i do something i think about a lot in the summer is our uh, it's just hot and humid here, right? Like you have a ceiling fan, you have air conditioning, but if you have a mattress where you sort of sink down into it, it gets like hot to sleep in, and that, that's just uncomfortable and kind of gross. And the Casper mattress is great in the summer because it's it's got that right balance, and so it's comfortable, but I'm not I'm not like being swallowed into it to be mm. <laughs> to be all hot and sweaty at night. Mm, nice. uh, it's it's much more comfortable than other mattresses we have owned in the past.
2: For a limited time, visit casper.com/savings and you can get 10% off any order of a mattress. So this special offer is until September the 3rd, 2018. So act right now. Terms and conditions apply. That is casper.com/savings to get 10% off any order of a mattress until September the 3rd. Our thanks to Casper for their support of this show and Relay FM
0: all right so there is a uh, update out today for the application do du, d u e all these mm-hmm. apps have names that when i say them they all sound the same
1: not called do like do something it's do do right? can you can you du. say can you can you say that again stephen what's what's the no. name they,
0: they all sound the same. Do, 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 that's D O D U E and D E W. They all sound the same.
2: Don't forget T E U X D E U X
1: that's
0: my favorite That's of the all French ones.
1: is that how you say Ta-da. it? I think it's how it's pronounced.
2: you know, I can't remember what it's called, but what is it called like is it the title of a of a webpage, you know like you can hover over the top and see like the it has like the name. You know what I'm talking what? about? The little <laughs> description in the web page. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. All right. So, yeah. The t- so, when. <laughs> Stephen, you might be able to help me here. When when we click the bookmark clip that adds a link to the CMS. Yes. And it pre fills that field that says title, what is that called on a website? Uh, I don't know. Let me see. <laughs> oh, me... But, okay. The reason I'm saying this is that in trying to add. The Tier Dier websites of the show notes, their description is Tier dieu, What do die you have Tier Tier Day? Which I think is friggin' hilarious. Check the show notes. It will be in there. I think that they very much lean into their silly branding, which I like very much. Um, but th- th- what is it called? Like you can get. <laughs> at- <laughs> it's like the page title? Yeah, the web page that? title. Yeah. Well, uh, right? Uh, That's uh, what I said, but everyone
1: laughed at me. How does. <laughs> Oh, so that you were just trying to describe the where you see the joke. Yeah, because it's not you can't the, the name of the thing was not the joke itself. No. Okay. Now I get it. Okay. The joke. <laughs> okay, That's like what's right? happening? I,
2: I had to describe where you see
1: the joke oh, okay. and then I could I, say the joke. Uh, I thought right? the name of the place where you see the joke was the joke. No. Yeah, so okay. Did I. Uh, all right, so that's two of us.
2: Now we've cleared that up. Um, that's all
0: definitely let staying in, me talk about. Let me talk
2: about... Of course <laughs> it is. I want it to. Uh, let me talk about Dew, which is one of my very, very favorite iOS apps. And I've been using this beta for a few months now. Um, mm, I, I, I really love it. I do. I love it very, very much. And the reason... Dew is an application which I mostly use for like quick reminders or repeating tasks that... Don't feel worthy of going into my task manager. So this could be stuff. Rem- remember,
0: like, so not not and remember the milk.
2: No, because this there's no milk. Actually, do you know what? If I do need to remember milk, it goes in here. So like if uh, I need to buy milk, ooh. it goes in here because stuff like buy milk, in my opinion, should not be going into your task manager because that's just... That but what if your task manager
0: is Remember the Milk and you have a task in that manager called Remember the Milk?
2: Then you've made a bad decision. You've made a, You've already made a bad decision, though, if you're using <laughs> that. So I don't trust any of the choices that somebody could make don't if they were using the Remember the Milk. I, I would I, There is a reason we're not doing the iPhone home screen episode mm. this year, and that is Sorry. part of it. I'm so hiding. stuff... (laughs) Like uh, take out trash, like buy groceries or uh, do your exercises, take your pills. Those kinds of things that you may need to do every day and have to be done. And one of the the best features of DUE is the fact that it will keep reminding you on an interval of an item until it is marked completed. And this isn't something that a lot of applications will do. It will just keep reminding you and it is a little while ago they added in some features to uh, to snooze the re- like to snooze the action from the reminder just from a very simple list of options that you have but my very favorite feature about ju 3.0 is taking advantage of some some uh, notification changes that were made i think in ios 11 uh, where now you can instead of just taking the notification and saying remind me in a preset time like 10 minutes or 30 minutes and then it goes away and then comes back again in 10 minutes or 30 minutes you can now tap on it and you can press a button to custom snooze for as long as you want you can just keep tapping these intervals so you could be like one hour one hour one hour save and then it will remind you in three hours you kind of have to see this to understand what i mean and there's a a link to the max stories review in our show notes what this does is it means that i get those notifications and instead of me just saying like a preset time for it to remind me again i can tell it exactly when i want it to remind me again it is a wonderful wonderful update to the application this is a really excellent feature it also has haptic feedback and a pure black theme for OLED phones but the custom snooze stuff is really wonderful Um, and i haven't seen it implemented in any app like the way it's done here um, it's it's that basically they're creating like a custom keyboard is that right Federico like for that it's like it's mm. it's almost like a keyboard it, as opposed to just preset options
1: it looks like a keyboard but it's actually yeah. a Custom view uh, that you can load below the content of a notification. I think that's what's happening here and because of I, course there aren't
2: many apps that I've seen that no, do stuff like this. No,
1: it's it's actually r- really clever. It has to be. I think I've seen only one other instance of a developer using this API. Uh, it's a, it's perfect for you because it sort of retains the context of these custom snooze times that you create in the app. You can bring them over to um to the notification. I'm not sure if it's uh, like a separate view controller or if they're doing something to sort of hack into the uh, like a custom key but it's not a custom keyboard because you you need to enable a custom keyboard first so they're showing they're showing a custom ui at the bottom of the notification and this is super clever um uh, yeah this is a perfect perfect use of the so uh, notification content um APIs that they introduced with iOS 10 and iOS 11. So uh, I'm impressed. I mean, the first time you showed me a screenshot of the beta, uh, I was I was really surprised because it, it's not something that you see every day. And most people probably no. wouldn't care. But as someone who obsesses over these little APIs that you are also forced to, well, not forced, but you, Mike, had to read uh, this stuff last year. Um, you were not forced. You were, you were not forced. You were, for some you of that stuff, I was forced. <laughs> I <It> felt like, <laughs> but uh, it's. I'm always happy to see uh, developers taking advantage of all the little possibilities that iOS offers. So, looks really cool.
2: It is worth noting that Jew is a paid app, and those two the two features the uh, black theme and the custom snoozing are an in-app purchase for existing customers. Um, so. You have to pay two ninety nine to get that. But it's it's worth it in my opinion. It's it's well well worth those features. If you use the application with any kind of frequency, you should upgrade. Trust me, it's worth it. So it's a great app. I love it. So that was an app, you know, that's an app that we expect to be updated, right? I think JU has been in, you know, it's, it's been an app that's been had updates and it's taken care of and we know that it exists and so we expect it to be updated. However, something else got updated yesterday that literally nobody, not one person, would have expected would have happened. The Airport Express, do you remember that product? The product Apple explicitly doesn't sell anymore and stopped selling like a good few months ago, got updated to support.
1: AirPlay 2. No, no, I gotta, <laughs> say, I gotta say, shout out to Zach Hall from Nine to Five Mac. He actually expected this. He's been, he has been tweeting screenshots because there was a, sort of like it looked like a bug since the iOS 11.4 beta, uh, but the Home app showed you like an Airport Express icon as a device that you could add to HomeKit. Well, Let Let me rephrase what what my what I'm saying is my
2: expectation. When they got rid of the product and announced that AirPlay 2 was existing. I don't think anybody expected at that point that the Airport Express, once it stopped being sold, would ever get it, right? Like, it, there may have been breadcrumbs which could have, could have said it afterwards, but I can't imagine anyone would have really no, expected that. No, not really.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's so strange to me, and I actually tweeted this this morning, that it was strange to me to see a discontinued product get such a major upgrade, because, I mean, we're talking about AirPlay 2, one of the key features of the iOS 11 release cycle uh, some people said yeah it's totally surprising it doesn't really make sense other people said it's more uh, i'm not surprised um because it's sort of like um sort of like a goodwill gesture uh from apple saying we know we discontinued this product so here get this one last feature um to you know sort of to as a as a Thank you. Please forgive us. That but,
2: like, <laughs> the funny thing, though, is the Airport Express is now more desirable as a product exactly. for me
1: to own. So it doesn't really make sense. Which makes it the
2: weirdest thing. Like, I now am more inclined to want to own one because mm-hmm. then I would be able to turn any speakers into AirPlay 2
0: speakers. Well, you can get one. Uh You get one on Amazon pretty cheap, still or eBay still pretty cheap. Gray Market hasn't hasn't caught on yet. I actually bought one when they announced they were going away because I thought this is something that I should have. Uh, This is super cool because I mean these Airport Expresses like their whole deal was like you could extend your wireless or you could put a printer somewhere. But what a lot of people use these specifically for was to stream music from iTunes to like their home. Speaker system and mm-hmm. a bunch of people did that for a really long time and now those users have a modern way to do that you know without having to to go out and buy something else and I had I had always sort of secretly hoped that Apple was going to do something with AirPlay two to make it like make anything an AirPlay two speaker because the HomePod doesn't have an output and I was afraid they were just going to say well the answer is get rid of your stereo and buy a HomePod or six if you're Federico. But this is a nice uh, this is a nice way to go about it. So, you know, I think if you're in the market, get one before the price goes up on eBay. Because my guess is they will climb in price. Now they're like between forty and fifty bucks right now. It looks like. Yeah, it's about what it is here too. I it's looked, really
1: uh, cool I I looked on I looked on Amazon Italy last night just out of curiosity and amazon was out of stock of course but you could buy from third-party uh resellers on amazon and a bunch of a bunch of stores had the uh airplay 2 compatible airport express up for 400 euros so oh. <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> this is that home pod thing you've been hearing about <laughs>
1: Yeah. So the the fun- Yeah,
2: there's one here. Five hundred pounds on Amazon. Holy yeah. Holy cow. Yep.
1: Yeah. There you go.
2: Used like new for five hundred pounds and four pound fifty nine
0: delivery. That's that's bananas. But to to show how versatile this can be, Jason Snell hooked it up to an iPod hi- an iPod Hi Fi, which is about the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, someone on Twitter <laughs> replied to both of us and said, Well, you could use, there used to be this program called Line In where you could take like audio in from a machine and make it play through its own speakers. It's like, Well, what if I did Airport Express to like an old iMac and had music playing out of like an iMac G3 from Siri? I was like, Yeah, you could do that too. Like, this is a very, like, they should still make this thing, even if it's not, like, so don't make the Airport Express again, but Apple should make a, a little. AirPlay 2 receiver that you can yeah, plug into yeah. audio stuff. HomePod mini. It's going to be one day it will be a product, right?
2: Like the Google Home Mini or something, right? Or the, the Echo Dot. Like that's what it will be if they ever do it.
0: I hope so because it just gives you so much more flexibility and it lets you use existing equipment with the new like interface stuff, right? That you don't have to go and replace your home stereo or like the system that's wired into your no, living room. No, no.
2: Everyone already replaced their home
0: stereos when the uh, the iPod hi came out. Do you remember? That's that's true. And then again, then they went to Sonos and now they're on HomePods. People just want to be quit. They want to quit being, uh, you know, jerked around That is one of
2: my very favorite Steve Jobs quotes, right? When he says that he replaced his whole home audio system yeah. with the iPod Hi-Fi. It's very the, the, good. There's no way that's actually true. <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. Millionaire, right? Can you imagine the, what he had? And he's like, oh, no, I'll just get one of these things. I don't believe you, Steve. Yeah,
0: I just put it all on the curb in a cardboard box. <laughs> I brought yeah. home an iPod Hi-Fi. It is cool. And and I mean, props to Apple for doing this. They AirPlay 2 obviously had such a struggle coming into this world, right? Like it was delayed, and, and then it was buggy, and then it was out of the betas, and then they finally shipped it. And t- to then... Do the work to make it, you know, work on an Airport Express that got updated last in like 2012 or something. Like that's 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 like legitimately cool. And mm-hmm. maybe this is why. Maybe the Airport Express support is what made Airplay too late. That's probably not true, but um, <laughs> can you imagine if it was? But I, I I really do appreciate. I mean, it's easy to joke about this, but I really do appreciate them doing that because it's it, sh- it gives like this thing was cheap when it was new. It was like a hundred bucks or something. And, like, they didn't have to do this, right? Like, no one, to your point, no one, like, would be upset if this never happened except for Zach. Uh, but now that it has happened, like, it, it, it's a nice thing. And I'm I'm glad they did it.
2: It is. I just wanted to mention uh, the airport line was discontinued in April.
0: Well, Airplay 2 was supposed to be out well before then. So, like, Airplay 2 could have been, like, the parting piece for the Airport Express. And then... And maybe it was supposed to be. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then the they couldn't... And- uh, make it, or they couldn't ship it in time, and then it just all sort of fell apart. And the Airport Express yep. was last updated in June 2012. The This is only on the 802.11 in style, so it looks like a, a baby white Apple TV, where the Airport Express before that like looked like a big wall charger, like it plugged and hung from the from the prongs in the wall. This one, it looks like a I, little I Apple had TV. that one. I yeah. had that one. Yeah, I, I've got, uh, I got a couple of them. What do you what do you, It's fight. Airport Express fight.
2: No, thanks. Today's show is brought to you by our amazing friends at Pingdom. Pingdom are brilliant because they help keep your sites and the sites you love online because they monitor your sites so you don't have to. They give you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. Stuff breaks on the internet every single day. There are 400,000 outages that Pingdom detects, and this is just of the websites that they are already monitoring. So can you just even imagine how many things break online every day? It doesn't matter if you're a startup, a Fortune 500 company, or a podcast network. You need lots about any critical website issues. Pingdom will let you customize how you're alerted, depending on the severity of the outage, so you can have different types of alerts for different types of outages, so there's an importance level, which is important, and they'll also track and analyze your website's load time, so you can see exactly what is affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. They have a fuss-free approach to get started. All you need to do is give them the URL that you want to monitor, and they will take care of the rest. So... Go to pingdom.com slash relay FM right now for a 14 day free trial just for you with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code connected at checkout and you'll get a massive 30% off your first invoice. That is pingdom.com slash relay FM and the code connected at checkout. Our thanks to Pingdom for their continued support of this show and relay FM.
0: Okay, so we're going to talk about the Mac Mini. We, we promised last week that we were going to talk about reasons that we may want. Uh, to to purchase Mac Minis or, or how we use the existing ones we have, but first I wanted to talk a little bit more about the idea of like who is the Mac Mini customer because we're going to talk about like the way we are going like the way we want to use them or the way that we do, but on a, a sort of a broader landscape, uh, some feedback we got. Hang on a second, are we doing follow
2: up as a topic? Mm. It's uh
0: no, uh, it's just like whoa. a little, it's like a little follow up icing on a topic. Mm. The, the Interesting. Mac Mini got promoted from follow-up to a topic, but there's still a little follow-up DNA left in it. So Okay. Just a couple examples. Uh Neural Sandwich on Twitter, which I'm sure is his given name, wrote: The Mac Mini for me is great if you want to have two matching monitors and not have to deal with laptop clamshell weirdness. Uh, and it doesn't cost the price of a small home, which is kind of funny. So like we've, I think I, I have used a laptop in clamshell before, uh, back when I had a job. That's basically how I use my notebook, all day, every day. And uh, that can be definitely weird, like it doesn't wake up or do not go to sleep correctly. You get home and it's been running in your bag because it woke up when you unplugged it and freaked out. And a Mac Mini is nice because you can just have it on the desk and you can have two matching displays. Right now, at least, if you want to use an external display with like something like an iMac... It's not going to match, you know. For a while, the iMac and like the LED cinema display and the Thunderbolt display, they all sort of had a similar language. And then the iMac sort of moved on, and Apple didn't update the displays again. So, like, if this is an important factor for you, which it is for some people, then the Mac Mini kind of is the only option. Just put stickers on everything. Yeah, just cover it all up with. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like camouflage. Camouflage the borders, and you can't tell what's oh, going on.
2: I wonder if Dbrand make a Mac Mini skin.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they do. Uh the so this this is like a a use I case. I can
2: confirm that they make skins. Well yes, yeah, skins. Well this is slick wraps that I'm looking at now. They make Mac Mini skins. Uh I don't know if D brand do though. Please put those in the show notes. They will definitely be there.
0: So you know this you know, I don't know how big of a use case this is, but it's one if you want to use multiple monitors, the Mac mini is sort of like the, the easiest way to do that that doesn't involve buying a Mac Pro. Tyler wrote, which I think is is interesting too, I had said that desktop switchers weren't real people anymore, but well, Tyler is one of those people. So I guess I'm weird, but if I got a Mac Mini, it would be, as a switcher, I have very little desire for a notebook, but I'm tired of my desktop PC. So I think Tyler is representative of a group of people that is st- still out there, so maybe I was wrong to write, write that off completely. Uh, I do think Tyler is probably in the minority here, but there are people who... Like like I'm a desktop person. Mike, you're a desktop person. And so, you know, if we were gonna be switching from a PC to a Mac, then maybe we would be looking at the Mac mini if it were a viable option. And I understand that, but like when we say things like
2: it is an incredibly small percentage of the market, like that is categorically true because we know things like for example that desktops take up twenty percent of the Mac market, which is already a shrinking market. And I can almost definitely assure you that the majority of purchases are iMacs because otherwise Apple would have updated the Mac mini more than they did in the last four years.
0: I think something that goes hand in hand with that conversation is like the span of the iMac. The iMac, you can get one that's relatively inexpensive. I mean, that's, that's different for everybody, of course, but the iMac... Starts at uh, something. I'm loading the page, installing it starts at a thousand ninety nine dollars. That does not have a rent display, has a hard drive, Uh, but then of course, you can go up to something like the 27 inch and spend you know over three thousand dollars. But the iMac is a very broad product, and I think one reason it sells so well is. A, it's, it, I think it's kind of like the default option because it has a display and everything and it's it's sort of like the flagship of the desktop line. I think part of it is too is that reach where, mm-hmm. Mike, you can edit podcasts and video on one and then someone can buy a machine that is more or less the same computer and use it in an office and not not really need any of that stuff so they can buy a cheaper one. And the idea of a Pro Mac Mini... May tap into this a little bit, where there is like a really basic entry level, but if if you need to, to spec it up into something more powerful, you can with a broader range than the Mac Mini's ever had. That's what I'm hoping for with this new machine. So maybe they can take some of that iMac uh, flexibility and apply it to the Mac Mini, in which case the sales may come up some if it's if it's a more if it's a more reasonable option to more people, you know, right now, not many people are buying them because they're old. And that means that they're slower than other Macs in the line. That's okay for some people, but for other Whoa. others of us, including the three of us I'm going to talk about, it's not quite enough. Uh, lastly, I got an email from somebody. Uh, I, they asked to be anonymous, uh, but they support a mixed PC and Mac environment in a big company. So they work for a corporation with an IT department and, uh, I had not really considered this, um, but they have a standard like display, keyboard, and mouse bundle for all of their users, and then the users just get a Mac Mini, or they the, he sent me the, the model number. I looked it up. It's like a small like HP desktop. It's kind of like a Mac Mini. It's like small form factor, little HP, and they basically drop in either a Mac Mini or an HP, depending if the user is getting a Mac or a PC. But the rest of the install is standard, like standard display, standard USB keyboard and mouse, standard power, uh, like power strip and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they just drop in a different desktop. And that's not a, that's not something that I had really thought about. But I think it makes sense that that that's sort of like the switcher roll, like I just unplug my PC and plug in a Mac mini. Or like I think there are use cases where the Mac mini's like sort of universal inputs and, and like small form factor make it more flexible for different types of users and uh, i guess this company is still buying old ones i emailed them back and i just last night hadn't heard anything so i assume they're still buying just old ones but it's uh i think it's kind of an interesting use case like the imac is clearly not going to fit into the way they buy computers but the mac mini does so they buy them and i think that's a, a use case that's worth considering as well so should we talk about some other use cases yes federico why do you want a mac mini
1: I miss being able to organize my um TV shows and movies with Plex. And um I would like to have an actual Plex server that can do uh transcoding and you know uh store multiple gigabytes of content uh on my local network. So I would use a Mac Mini as a media server for TV shows and movies uh, for sure. But in general, speaking of Um, encoding video, I would use the Mac Mini uh, so that I can keep using my 2015 uh, MacBook Pro for podcasting and I don't have to ask Sylvia to use her um, 2017 2016 MacBook Pro whenever I need to encode a video for my iOS reviews. Um, I would love to uh, have a Mac Mini in my house that I can connect to, that I can feed a video file and say you need to encode this video or multiple videos at once in the background in three different formats because we use on Mac Stories when we do videos inside of our stories and especially for my iOS reviews uh, those videos are actually in three different formats depending on the browser that you use so we use mp4, webm and aug uh, I think for as a, as a fallback option and I really don't, you know, I feel bad asking Sylvia to do this thing on her computer because it's faster than mine. I suppose that if a a new Mac Mini is released and if I max it out and it's got the new Intel chips inside and I put in tons of RAM and, uh, you know, I should be able to process like five or six small videos at once, which are not super long videos that are like 30-second snippets of, you know, features of iOS. But still, that would be really helpful. And I would be able to set up, you know, these automations to sort of look for video files in my Dropbox and maybe use Hazel and and kick off these tasks with the shell or automator in the background. It would be fun. Uh, and also, it would be a centralized backup location for my MacBook, for Sylvia's MacBook, and especially, you know, Silvia, she has a lot of sort of graphics, uh graphic assets and other uh, video files for her job that she needs to archive so i would very much prefer to have a central location that is not a synology with its terrible ui and and raid whatever means please don't email me i know you love your synology that's fine i'm happy for you uh i want a macintosh computer uh also specifically casey Yes, Casey. Casey, Liz. Liss? Casey Liss, it's uh, fine. Don't it's worry fine. about don't, it. We're good. Don't worry. Uh, mm-hmm. we, 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 no, it's we're too good. late. He's we're already good. DM'd you in uh, Slack. Uh, so yeah, um, entertainment, uh, automation, and video encoding for um, screencasts that we use in our articles. And backup location for my computer, Silver's computer, and maybe something like an off-site backup of iCloud for library of Google Photos that we can also keep, you know, um, copies of those services offline. So uh, three main use cases. Yeah,
2: mine are pretty similar, honestly. Like, I've been toying around. This is something I've had in the back of my mind for a while, but like... I would definitely be more keen to do it if and when Apple upgrades the Mac Mini because the Mac Mini is the perfect machine for doing this kind of thing where I want to have a Mac that is turned on all the time. I don't like to leave my iMac uh, even in sleep. I, I turn it off every day because it's powering some USB devices that are really expensive. They're audio equipment and I just prefer it to be off. I just prefer prefer it like again like i understand that many people uh think it's fine and i get that but i just prefer to not have these things on all the time so i I turn them all off every day um but i would like to have a machine which is on so it could do things like running some hazel scripts for me you know like it could be processing photos in my Federico Vittici created, but nobody else uses except me, uh, Hazel Scripts with the Dropbox photo <laughs> thing that I have running, right? Like, from I'm six still,
1: years ago. <laughs> from like 2014
2: or something. I don't know, to, but like I'm still doing that. Um, and I'm sure I could come up with some other stuff too, like ways for me to, um, especially with shortcuts, the the shortcuts app seems to have some restrictions about, and I don't think they're going to get fixed um, about where it can save files it used to be with Workflow, you could save files anywhere you wanted, right? To, to Dropbox or Box or iCloud Drive. But Shortcuts only allows files to be saved to the Shortcuts folder on iCloud Drive. So unless Dropbox creates their own uh, Shortcuts actions, which... <laughs> don't know about that yet. But or, or some enterprising third party could do it, which I believe will happen. Yeah. Uh, but if it wouldn't, then I could have Hazel watching that folder and then moving things where they needed to go, which would work nicely. But there's always things I can do there. Um, I also would like to have a machine that I can, like, VNC to from my iPad using an app like screens or something to perform basic tasks that I need my Mac to do. There's just some stuff that like Federico's video encoding that I need a Mac to be able to do. It's easier to do on a Mac. So I would, but I would prefer to not have to turn my Mac on specifically to do that one thing. So just being able to, to use an app to just access that machine would be great. And also network attack storage. I don't really have anything for that. And I just am not keen on having like a Drobo set up to my iMac, but I could totally do that right with a Mac mini and just attach some external storage to it, hide it away in my office somewhere and it would just be humming away and I could save things to it and it would be great. So a Mac mini would be perfect for that.
0: Yeah. So I've, uh, I've got one uh, and my, my use cases for it definitely overlap what you guys talked about. So I have a mid 2011 hooked up to my television it's like an i5, eight gigs of RAM, and I put an SSD in it like a hundred years ago. It is hooked up to the TV. We use the Apple TV as like the default input, but the Mac Mini is nice for some video stuff that's not easy to get to the Apple TV because I don't have Plex. I have Plex set up, but I don't use it. Uh, and we, because so we have kids, like there's still stuff that we watch on DVD, and so we have a USB Super Drive plugged into the Mac Mini, uh, and we can watch DVDs on the on the television. It does host a Drobo over Thunderbolt. I would have that Drobo here in the office hooked up to the iMac, except for the noise that it makes. And uh, my wife doesn't love that it sits where the TV sits, but it's it's got like six mm-hmm. hard drives in it and a fan. And I basically have to like power it down anytime I record. And that seems like a lot of, you know, like a lot of just back and forth. And so it's in the house. And I connect to that Mac mini over ethernet from the studio and in, into the house and uh, pull files off of it. But that is directly attached to the Mac mini. And I like that because it means I can do file sharing and I can back it up with Backblaze because it's directly attached to a Mac. Things that, you again, you can do with a NAS, but are a little bit trickier and, and can be a little uh, more I'm fragile. not super
2: keen to learn how one of these things works when I know how a Mac works. right? Like, and that's one of the reasons I exactly. prefer it. Right? Like, I know how a Mac works. I know how the apps that I can download work and they're going to work with my iPad. Like, I'm sure you can do all of this stuff with a Synology and probably more in some yeah. cases. I don't. I'm not. I'm just not really keen to learn a whole new thing. Uh, I would just like to use macOS.
0: Yeah, I, I like that the, I like that the Mac just sees it as an external hard drive. <laughs> like it just the Mac just sees it as a drive, and you don't have to use Drobo. You can use like a Promise Raid or uh, Pegasus or something. There's other options out there. Um, promise Raid is a very interesting name. Yeah, is that the name of that company? They promise that's, that your raid will that's, work. That's,
2: Promise, right? promise technology yeah. hmm.
0: they make some thunderbolt hmm. stuff um so you, you have you have some options there but i like it just attached to the mac because then i can just use mac os to manage everything so that combination the mac mini and the drobo do several things i host uh, a big family itunes library there that's there's not there's some music in that but my wife and i use apple music now so the music is less important but that itunes library is set to download any any movies or tv shows that we purchase, which is less and less over time, mm-hmm. but occasionally we still do that, and and then the i the, that iTunes library will grab a copy of it. That iTunes library is also subscribed to every Relay FM show, and so I download all of the MP3s we publish and have them on the Drobo because you never know when you're going to need something. Look at you uh, have you ever no, but one day, <laughs> but one, one day. day I might. Mm. <laughs> one day when I build the relay uh, the Relay Aqua library, I'll be set. Uh, I have an application running on my Mac Mini called Printopia. So I have like this like Brother network printer that does not support AirPrint. Uh, so I can't print from an iOS to the printer directly. There are several different Mac apps that do this. Printopia is just the one that I use, and it basically exposes my Brother printer to my iOS devices, like through the Mac. So I can print from my iPhone or iPad to my Brother printer as long as the Mac Mini is up and running is uh, very handy if you have an older printer or one like mine that just doesn't support uh, AirPrint. Um, I have Time Machine Server running from my MacBook Pro. There's a link in the show notes uh, how to set that up. That's pretty new to macOS. It used to only be in macOS Server. And then content caching. So you can set up uh, a Mac server, or a Mac, macOS server is basically dead, uh, to cache things like software updates and and like app store updates and stuff for other machines on the network. It's a, it's a little bit evolved to set up, but it's not too bad. There's a KBase article in the show notes uh, and I have that running. Uh, so it downloads like a Mac OS update. And then we have like, you know, my wife's got an iMac now I've got my iMac pro and a MacBook pro and it, it just allows those downloads to be faster. Um, it's not, I really set that up cause I wanted to play with it, but I've left it running cause it's helpful. And then because I have a drive, CD and DVD sharing to the modern Macs on the network. So occasionally I'll need to pull something off an optical disc. And uh, I have a USB SuperDrive in my office, but I can never seem to find it. And sometimes I just pop it in the one in the house and just share uh, share from there. So Mike I, and Federica, like, I totally agree with y'all's reasons for wanting a Mac Mini because it is like a really versatile tool. And you can – because it's so small and it's effectively silent – you can just you can just leave it running all the time. My Mac Mini only gets rebooted when it freaks out because it's getting older, or there's a software update for it. Other than that, it's just running all the time, and I don't interface with it directly very often. I do have a keyboard and mouse paired to it that sort of live in the entertainment center. Most of the time, I just use screen sharing from another Mac, and you know if I need to pull something off of it or change a setting. But most of the time, it just it just runs and it hosts that Drobo and does these things for me without really much interference, and that's really what I wanted.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to um, to get back into the idea of I have a server at home doing things in the background, and I can uh, issue sort of commands from my iPad with shortcuts, which is something that I wasn't able to do. Back when I used to have a Mac Mini in 2012, 2013, I used to have a personal Mac Mini at Mac Mini Colo, and I didn't have Workflow to do this sort of remo- uh, remote execution of commands. So I used to rely on these hacks and workarounds, something like saving a command, uh, like a shell command inside of a text file in Dropbox and using Hazel to sort of read the contents of that file and re- executing the command. Uh, crazy stuff. But with shortcuts now, I could issue like an SSH um, command from my ipad or from my iphone even from siri and kick off you know a series of tasks at home uh do we think there will be an announcement at the september event w- where do we stand okay no. all right
2: no i i don't think there will be any max at september event i actually don't even think they're going to mention mojave in the september event do
1: you is it because you think there's going to be a second event in october or just like there will be a second event of some kind, I believe, either like a press
2: event or like some briefings or just some product releases. Depends on what they're they're announcing, but yeah, I I don't think that the Mac will get any time in in the September event because there's so you could that event could just be iPhone like nothing else, right? And you would fill an hour because they've got three phones at least that they're debuting, mm-hmm. so i i don't think i don't think that we're gonna see it uh, Stephen. i want to ask you actually do you feel that mojave is as ready as ios 12 is no <laughs> i don't interesting because that might be another thing right like maybe mojave just isn't even coming out in september for this reason because they're gonna hold it and wait until October. yeah so they've been
0: a, like over the last several years apple's done a it's really hard to dictate or guess what they're going to do because they've done a bunch of different things. They have done everything in one event. They have broken out the Mac stuff separately. They've done, like you said, Mac is like press release stuff or like, you know, our our journalist friends have new Macs and then there's an embargo and they all drop at the same time. Uh, And Mac OS has come out the same time as iOS and it's come out later. And it just depends on where things are and, this year, in particular, there's not a lot of new stuff in between iOS and macOS. Like when they did, remember when did they upgrade to iCloud Drive Federico? Was that iOS eight
1: um, or so? iCloud so yes, but it didn't have an actual app in iOS eight. Right, it got the app in iOS right. nine. But yeah,
0: your applications upgraded to use iCloud Drive storage. the uh, The thing that was weird about that is that the the Mac version, or whatever, I guess, uh, I don't know what came out that year, but whatever version of Mac OS was that year, it was later. And so, like, you could upgrade to the new notes or upgrade to, like, iCloud Drive Storage. Remember that? Yeah. 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 Totally. There's
1: nothing,
0: there's nothing like that this year that, as far as I can tell, that, like, is really dependent on both Mac OS and iOS coming out together. So, I think the Mac could totally be an October thing. I don't know if there's enough to hold a Mac event. I I, I think they could put it in like iPhone keynotes take way less time than they used to. Like if you if you sit and actually watch the iPhone segments, they're much shorter than they used to be because a the phones like just evolve less year over year, and like people already know a bunch about them, so you don't have to go like as in depth about like the camera subsystem as they used to because the changes are, are are smaller deltas, and people kind of understand what they do. And so even if it's like iPhone, iPad, watch, like then I think that's probably like an hour and a half or two hours. But, uh, you know, I feel like you're way more likely to see iPhone It's like it probably go like in the
2: in the importance order, right? iPhone, watch, iPad, then Macs. Like, I, I can't imagine a September event with iPhone and the Mac Mini, and then, like, there's an October event. Yeah, but... I
0: mean, unless the Mac stuff is real short, and they just use it to open the event, and then they move yep. on. Uh, so we'll see. It's not impossible. We'll but... see. I think either way is is totally possible. But if it's just the Mac Mini and, like, spec-bumped IMAX, then it may just be press release stuff. I don't know. We're way off topic now, but... Uh... Either way, like whatever happens, I think all three of us are interested in what a new Mac Mini would be. I would really like to replace mine at home. I would maybe replace the one that we have at Mac Stadium uh, for live streaming, although we just put a new drive in it not too long ago, so hopefully we're good to go for a while. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think a lot of people are watching this, and I think if the three of us are any indication there are users, other users like us who want to use it as a home server and office server and having something a little bit more powerful... Uh, and maybe smaller at the same time would be nice for those people. So, like I said, like I said last week, I'm genuinely excited about the possibility of a new Mac Mini. Maybe it's just been so long, but I'm I'm pretty pumped about it. Today's show is also brought to you by
2: Green Chef. Green Chef is a meal delivery service that includes everything that you're going to need to cook delicious gourmet meals that you can feel good about. But Green Chef sends a wide variety of organic ingredients and imaginative new recipes every week in a way that I find super interesting because they have meal plans for diet types. So they have meal plans that include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, or carnivore. You can choose whatever dietary... Preference You have from those and they will put together meals and organic ingredients and ship them to you in with that in mind, which is really, really awesome. And Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal delivery service. Every ingredient is thoughtfully sourced and its journey is tracked from planting to plating with recipes that include pre-made sauces, dressings and spices. So you get more flavor in less time. Everything is hand-picked and delivered right to your door, and it's super easy to switch your meal plan and change the box you're getting whenever you want, maybe if your dietary uh, preferences change, or you want to try something completely new. Now, Stephen, I know that you got some Green Chef boxes, and I'm, I'm interested to know what you think.
0: Yeah, so we did the uh, the gluten-free options. It was nice knowing that that was how things were going to be. Sometimes when you order things, like you've got to really... Pay attention to the labels and make sure that, they, that you get what you think you're gonna get. Um I didn't have that worry with Green Chef. They're right up front on their website about, hey, we offer all these options, and that really sets them apart. So somebody who eats a modified diet, I greatly appreciated that. Uh so we tried a couple of different meals and everything was really easy to understand how it went together. You know, I, I can cook some basic stuff, but like you get anything fancy, fancier than my level, and I start to get worried that I'm doing it wrong. I didn't have that worry with Green Chef. And the the meals were great. Uh, we, my wife and I, enjoyed them. The kids enjoyed everything we tried. We got them to try some new things, which as a parent, it's a huge win. And uh, whoa,
2: congratulations!
0: Yeah, it really, it's, it's a real moral victory. Uh, some days to get your kids to try new foods, uh, but Green Chef let us do that. So we, uh, the Hackett family, was a a bunch of big fans.
2: For fifty dollars off your first box of Green Chef, go to GreenChef.us slash connected. That is GreenChef.us slash connected for fifty dollars off your first box of Green Chef. Our thanks to Green Chef for their support of Connected and Relay FM.
0: All right. So we've got some more iPhone rumors to round out this week. Yay. We're just like in it with iPhone rumors. <laughs>
1: iPhone Woo! rumors. Come I like on. iPhone rumors. Go for it. So I
0: had a pretty uh, tongue-in-cheek blog post the other day of like, these four iPhone rumors came out today. It's <laughs> like there's so much stuff. So we're going to start with the um, the Apple Pencil. There's been talk of maybe this is the year the Apple Pencil gets added to the iPhone. Mike, I know you and Jason have talked a lot about that on Upgrade. It makes sense when you look at the Galaxy Note line. People really like it. Maybe Apple could do something here, the new again for lack of knowing the real names the iPhone 10 Plus is an enormous phone it looks like and it would be great to be able to take out a pencil and and do stuff with it but it seems like that's maybe not the case after all
1: hmm well it looks like Apple uh, Apple doesn't want any of the you know serious business happening with the Galaxy Note you know, I see this. Mm. I see this gentleman walking around with a Galaxy Notes, uh, you know, typing in on the phone with a stylus. I assume they're all editing cells in a spreadsheet. Uh, they're looking all serious with this ass pen. Wouldn't it be easier
2: though? But it would be easier though. Like it, in, to access Google Sheets with. I mean, I, that's how I find with my Apple pencil. Would
1: you? So you're saying that you would like to walk around and edit spreadsheets as you're walking with the phone sure. and a Okay, yeah, man. Why I, not look, do it at a time? Sometimes desk? I have to
2: get real business done because you know I'm a, man, a man on the, on the move. move. Okay, uh, you know I I travel around. I'm a very important businessman. Yeah. Mm. You know, so sometimes I'm out on the prowl. I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> what? about anymore. And I need I need access to my Google Sheets. That's just how it is. Okay. What can I say?
1: Sure. Well. um... I hope that someday you will get your wish I want
2: I want an apple pencil so I want Apple pencil support on the iPhone like I want it for the same reason that I have that I like it on uh, my iPad like the ability to write stuff down jot stuff down and have an additional way to access uh, UI elements would be really important to me like I I love the Apple pencil for that there's no reason I wouldn't want it on an iPad with a vertical 6.5 inch screen like a uh, sorry a, like a what do they call it uh, diagonal diagonal 6.5 inch screen. It's going to be a really really big screen. It is. Like I would fan. love to have uh an Apple Pencil, like a smaller, much smaller Apple Pencil that was designed for that purpose. Like, I think that would be really great. Like and I know why, you know, I know you can make fun of it, like cuz the note has always been a thing to I make do. fun of, but over time everything that people have made fun of about the note has happened to iPhones, right? Getting really big and all that kind of Except
1: stuff. Except the Fire thing.
2: Could happen. There is absolutely no reason why that couldn't happen to Apple as well. Like Samsung were just the unlucky ones that it happened to
1: first. But it hasn't yet. So I'm just saying.
0: The there's the conversation of like the Logitech Crayon, maybe even so like you could have one device to easily go back and forth between the phone and an iPad as opposed to right now it's sort of paired and you wouldn't want to be like plugging into the Lightning port every time you change devices. I think it'd be I think it'd be nice. I don't think it's for me. I don't use my Apple Pencil hardly at all. But for people who do like it, like why not make it an option, right? Like you're not bundling it like you, they do with the note. It's not going to be embedded in the body. And you, you eject it. Like it's going to be a separate purchase because that's how Apple is. Why not give people the option at least? So Federico, you don't have to use it, but Mike, you can. Like, that seems fair to mm-hmm. me. But it seems like uh, it's uh, it's not going to be not going to be the case. So maybe maybe next year, Mike.
2: There are also rumors of production delays for the iPhone 9, so the LCD phone. Apparently, the OLED phones will be available in September, but like the iPhone 10, the uh, LCD version might launch later on. So there might be some. There's clearly some kind of production issue because there's no reason why they wouldn't want to ship them all in September. Um, but it seems like they might be having some some trouble. Which it kind of tracks for me, right? Because the OLED phone was super weird and new. And they had to do all that crazy stuff with this display and stuff that I'm not surprised that there was some hiccups. And I would expect this is a similar kind of thing for the LCD one. Like they know how to make an iPhone 10 at this point. Like that's not an issue, right? So like making a new iPhone 10 and a bigger iPhone 10 probably doesn't pose significant issues for them. But this new LCD phone, again, it's like different in different ways. The bezels are smaller, smaller than they've been on an LCD phone before, you know, like so I'm... I'm It wouldn't surprise me if they were if they announced that the iPhone 9 will be shipping a little bit later because it kind of would track with when they announced the 10. Does that make sense?
1: And I could see how maybe some people will say, well, I don't want to wait for the, for the iPhone 9. I'll just get the new iPhone ten, thus giving Apple more money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when, when the, you know, we're not saying it's a conspiracy no, no. theory, but it sure is an interesting <laughs> thing to think about.
0: <laughs> and that is what's a little bit different this time, if this pans out. Last time it was like the high-end enthusiast phone that was late, so all of us just waited. If the 9 is the sort of the mainstream phone, which I'm not sure it's it was going to pass. I don't out think it way. is. I think I think
2: you could argue that that even though the prices will be more, like the 10 is the that you know they're kind of positioned as the mainstream phone now, right? Like that's going to be the the kind of Default. the middle phone in the line, right? Like the one, the medium phone, the one for everyone, not in size but in price. Yeah you know cuz you know we've spoken about this and and there was a Mark Gurman report that seemed to clear up most of what we believe to be true right at this point about like the sizes and even in that report was, it says that the 6.1 inch phone looks like it's going to have some colors and we've spoken about that on this show right like how i think risky that decision is on apple's part to to make colored versions
0: of a phone again after the 5c the colors aren't why the five C failed. Uh it's because it was old and no one wanted it. But Right, but the, it's not that it's old, it's that
2: it, you know that the five C was old yeah. by looking at it, and you will know that you have the not expensive iPhone by looking at yeah. it. And like if that's a problem, we don't know, but I hazard that it might be.
0: I guess we'll see. I mean, so much of the the way they've done things is like turned upside down now. Like who knows, right? So we'll see. I still have some concern that the mainstream phone is too big but i guess we'll see how that goes when it's the best selling iphone ever then we'll know i was wrong <laughs> but right now i just i feel like there are people who are going to be upset that the 4.7 inch is now no longer a flagship
2: sure but but that's that's this has been a thing that's moved over time right like the 4.7 inch phone is bigger than the phones used to
0: be it is but i wonder if this is too big uh I, I, again we'll see we'll see how the sales numbers pan out While we're talking about displays, there's this interesting report by Barclays saying that the 2019 phones, so not the phones we're going to see here in a couple weeks, but the phones a year from now, will, according to this report, drop 3D Touch. Uh, This echoes a report by Ming-Chi Kuo saying that 3D Touch was not going to be a feature on this iPhone 9 this year, which I think uh, he's backed off of. So what do you guys think about this this is based on like parts sourcing and the parts used to like sense 3d touch have not been ordered for the next year's phones like or like those suppliers are being told that they're sol but that could be interpreted as oh they found a new way to do it that doesn't involve these parts maybe it's thinner and lighter and they did that with the iphone 10 the 3d touch subsystem in the in the iphone 10 is different than previous phones Uh, maybe they've just been able to change and improve that again or if you take it as far as this report says that 3D Touch will be going away, being removed from the iPhones. I don't know which one it is, but what do you guys think about that? Federico, do you use 3D Touch on your phone? Yeah,
1: I do. I actually do. I, uh, But it depends on what... Imp- which implementation of 3D Touch? So, for example, I, I use um, the peak and pop um, all the time for previews, whether I want to preview a link in a web view or I want to expand, for example, a tweet and I want to see the replies to that tweet. So the peak and pop system I really enjoy and I really use all the time. Um, I don't use quick actions on the home screen as much mostly because I forget about them. I forget about the, the, the fact that they exist. And every time when I sort of remember and I look at those quick actions and I go like, oh, that's really useful, and then I forget again. So uh, those <laughs> haven't been able to stick uh, for me. Uh, and I, well,
0: and they're just inconsistent, right? Yeah. That some apps have really good options yeah. and then some apps just say... share, share. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like...
1: Yeah,
2: I've also mostly found it like not really that great because you you, you're pressing down and you're going to a place but then like the app opens and then goes there like the the implementation of how it works has never felt right Mm. to me like i never really feel like i'm saving any time because like i'm just watching Mm. the app do
1: the things that i would have done to get to that point i have a theory that i'm going to share here and i don't know if it'll i don't care if it'll come true or not we're not this is a is a it's a you can share. You can share things like this on podcasts
2: because nobody really it's calls you theory.
1: out. It's a theory. It doesn't. Ma- it's not a prediction, so I don't have to worry about um, the price or winning. So this is fine. I'm. Um, I'm very relaxed in sharing this theory. Um, Good. So if Apple does a redesign on the home screen, and they remove 3D Touch, um, I could see the quick action feature going away altogether. Mm -hmm. And being replaced, to avoid the very issue that Mike just mentioned of I'm just watching an app navigate to a page, I could see shortcuts becoming home screen elements in that Mm. you could have shortcuts on the home screen to perform actions in the background without having to open the app or show you. Stuff from the app, sort of like a widget, but based on the more on the more powerful, you know, uh, framework that is shortcuts. So I don't. Th- we're going to discuss this. I don't think three D touch is going away, but if it does, and if it's replaced by the shortcuts API, you know how Apple likes to introduce a framework or you know a technology, and it's one thing when when they launch it, and then over the next few years they sort of reuse it for other things and I could see the example like here NS user activity yeah, right, exactly.
2: becomes the building blocks of shortcuts exactly
1: or SiriKit, Uh, you know, it's uh, Mm -hmm. all these APIs that they start off as one thing and later you go, oh, now I see why you introduced this feature years ago. I could see shortcuts becoming part of a redesigned home screen. If, you know, Gurman said several months ago that a new home screen is one of the key features of iOS 13 in 2019, so we'll see. But anyway... uh,
2: I can totally see that happening. I think that is a very, very good prediction, but I don't think that three d touch needs to be included in that. You know, like I don't think that you have to remove that you would do that because you removed three d touch or vice versa mm. right like I feel like that the three d touch actions on the icons. I don't think people use those really at all. I mean, again, I'm sure some people do, but like in the aggregate, I don't think that they're used by a lot of people. But I, you know, I use 3D touch every single day for all sorts of things, peak and pop, like to to look at, elements you know maybe i want to see a message but not have it as read yet or i want to be able to just peek into a a link i do that all the time right like i see a link and then i'll just press down on it and then push it in if i want to actually go to the website like i use this stuff all the time and i can't imagine apple completely removing this i don't think that i don't think that this is on the money i think that what has probably happened is that the parts have changed. Yeah. Right? Like, the way the technology is... Like, the physical technology is different, and people just interpret that to mean something. But I, I don't think that's the case
0: at all. This feels like one of those analyst moves a little bit where, like, analysts sometimes have to swing really big because yep. in 2 years we're not going to remember this unless they were right. Like, "Oh yeah, Barclays, man, way to go, 3D Touch guys." <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think it's going away. I think the parts have changed. I think it is interesting to talk about how Apple could change it in software, which of course no analyst has any idea of because software this sort of stuff only leaks when Apple puts out HomePod firmware. But I do think there's room for Apple to improve 3D Touch, and I think the home screen is the the number one place. I love the idea of like exposing shortcuts via 3D Touch as opposed to the quick actions. Mm-hmm. I think I think too. I think if Apple is going to like if they're redesigning this, like if they're having new parts that make this possible, maybe we finally see it on the iPad. You know, uh, maybe whatever's going on here with the hardware allows them to put it on a bigger screen. I don't think that would be for this year's iPads uh, unless we're going to have a fun surprise but you know in the future like it's already sort of fragmented between the phone and the tablet and that's only going to get more noticeable if if developers use 3D touch more uh and maybe it's maybe it's time i mean what do you guys think
1: there's a couple of things that i want to that i want to share about the arguments against 3D touch and uh, sort of in favor of 3D touch if that's okay um because I see these arguments being shared on Twitter, um, the, the first one is accessibility it's this word that a bunch of people throw around and they say th- thing, things like3d uh, touch is terrible for accessibility, and Apple should remove it because it's uh, it's not easy to use and uh, the My problem with this uh, with this statement is that there's there, there's different types of um, accessibility, and different types of inclusive design. And so while you could make the argument that from a motor skill perspective, 3D Touch is not accessible, on the other hand, I also think it's true that people with uh, vision impediments, for example, um, that really don't like the fact that to get to some piece of information, you need to navigate into multiple screens deep into an app uh, and its navigation stack... 3D Touch as a shortcut to preview content could be an accessibility feature in that you're saving taps, you're saving time, and you can see, you know, you can get to your information more quickly. So the accessibility argument doesn't really hold true uh, because of the different shades of what inclusive design on iOS means. The second argument um, that I could see why 3D Touch may be going away. So as you can tell, I'm a little torn on this topic. Um... The fact that it's still not available on the iPad um, is a is a should be maybe I don't know a warning sign, but the iPad has its unique set of challenges when it comes to implementing 3D Touch. Um, it's a big display, so if you press hard on the display, of course, you know it there, maybe it'll bend, or maybe you're using your iPad on a desk with a smart. Keyboard or a smart cover propped up. And if you press on the screen, the iPad will just fall on the desk. You just, uh, push, it you just push it over the you know the, the angle of the cover. So um, that's a problem. But then you look at Apple and you and you see, you know, Apple, for example, replicating some 3D touch features on the iPad with a standard long press. So things like clearing notifications all at once in you know, iOS 12, you can do that with a long press or the files widget in iOS 11 that you get on the home screen by long pressing on the files icon. That doesn't require 3D Touch at all. Or uh, also in iOS 12, um, stuff like notification previews. You just need to long press. uh, I also think 11, actually. Uh, You just need to long press on a notification and it pops open without having to use pick and pop.
2: One of the ones that I find the funniest is like on the iPad, in Control Center, why can I not just tap the home icon?
1: Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make right?
2: sense. Like, why do I have to long press it? Like, what am I doing now? That but for? that's another
1: good example. Control Center, you can, you can expand with a long press. So the folks who are saying 3D Touch is going away because it's useless. Just look at the long press gesture. That argument also kind of makes sense. So... Um, my main problem, as Steven mentioned, is the fact that you introduce this new technology and you get developers, you know, you sort of you get traction among the developer community to implement 3D Touch. And it's not a, technolo- it's not a technology that, that is considered legacy at this point. I mean, it was introduced four years ago. It's not like the, the headphone jack or, you know, stuff that was introduced, I don't know, in iOS 3 or iOS 4. Um, it's a relatively new feature. And it's—I agree—it's not totally discoverable, but just nixing 3D touch without giving it a second chance. Um, I don't think it's the—it's the right answer, especially after you've—you've you've made such a big deal out of the, you know, the display technology that you needed to implement, and all these sensors and all the, you know, you build you know, as a company, you build the Taptic engine to provide happy feedback and work alongside 3D touch. So you make a big deal out of this new feature and then suddenly just disappears while there are plenty of arguments that would justify that i also think it would be weird because it's a, it would it would sort of it would smell like a failure in modern apple history not a huge failure because it's it's just a feature of the iphone but still something that was introduced made a big splash and just re- removed 4 years later 3 years later uh, i don't think it's a good look there's precedent
0: for them changing the way that it works right like at, at watch os where uh, right. 3d touch has been downplayed it's still there but i think watch os in its early days really struggled with like
2: it was the discoverability problem there was too, yeah. there was too much hidden behind yes. uh, what was called force press then
0: and so they sort of okay you don't have to force press or 3d touch to do everything now you can swipe or do these other things and Maybe that's where it goes on iOS, but I think we're in agreement that it's not going away, that this is like an overreading of the situation by this analyst. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think one of the key things is like there's there's still stuff being put behind uh, 3D Touch and iOS 12, right? Like, I don't think that you would continue to use 3D Touch as heavily as it's used in iOS in, in certain places, even in Apple's own apps, if they were removing not just. Like the hardware, but the actual feature itself, it, yeah. it just doesn't seem realistic,
0: yeah. So, so I guess uh, we're saying it's here to stay at least for now, mm-hmm. mm.
1: yeah, yeah,
2: in some way, right? Like, there may be a change, and there probably will be a change, but it's still going to exist, like, it's still going to be what we know now, but maybe, maybe done in a different way. Maybe they don't need to you, that maybe they're just going to use do it all in software, right? That they can work out like when you're pushing your finger down into the screen more, like that it, it, there is no plate that is recognizing presses or anything. Like we don't know, but I believe that the next iPhones, I think we all believe the next iPhones will use will have 3D touch in them the way that they always have. The tactic mode will be there, and it will press on you when you do something. Like it's still going to exist.
1: So let me ask you a final question: um, When you think of analyst firms? Do you think they're like the Wolf of Wall Street? Like tons of, you know, questionable substances and parties and these people just having the best time of their life? And it- This is not a thing that I would be willing to, to comment on
2: one way or another. Because I, think.
1: I sometimes think about it. And I, I like to imagine it's like that, you know. And in, this, in their spare time, they make iPhone predictions.
2: I worked in a very big company.
1: Right. Don't ruin it for would me. Which be very similar Don't. to a lot of
2: these firms, especially like the Barclays
1: firm, right? Mm.
2: I think it's a lot more boring than you think oh, it is. that's
1: too bad. I'm sorry to All say. Right. Well, that's fine. Good for them. All right, Stephen, take us home.
0: All right, so thank you for listening to this episode of Connected. If you want to find links to stuff we talked about, they're in your podcast app or on the website relay.fm slash connected slash seven. You can get in touch with us there via email, or of course you can do, show, do so on Twitter. Mike is I-M-Y-K-E, and Mike is the host mm. of a bunch of shows at relay.fm slash shows. You can find Federico on Twitter as Vaticci, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. You can find me as ISMH, and I write 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Casper, Pingdom, and Green Chef, and uh, thank you for listening. And until our next episode, guys, say goodbye.
1: Arrivederci. Goodbye. goodbye. Oh, no. Oh. Why? No, no
2: sorry. Sorry. Now you just got to leave it as is.
1: Well, there you go. <laughs>
0: oh, dear. Adios.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why?
0: <laughs> <laughs>